Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to CHGO White Sox Podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. We've got the full CHGO White Sox crew with me. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Hit that thumbs up button subscribe to the channel we got you covered for all types of emergency pods uh the cubs didn't have to go like um, it wasn't an emergency because they were going to go live anyways uh but you know those are always nice when that happened happened with the eric fetty news uh we were live for that happened when luke getze was fired the bears team went live and i think talked for two hours about luke getze and then there was a press conference and then talked again for two hours so uh we got you covered for everything chicago sports uh so make sure you're subscribing and you know tell your friends tell your family you know if you got a herb in your life tell your herb tell whoever you pass on the street Exactly. Yeah. Hey. Just random person. Right. Hey, CHO White Sox. <laughs> Who? What? Huh? Bug them. They take off their earphones and you're already passed. I mean, people, usually when people are wearing a White Sox hat, that means they are a fan of the White Sox, right? Often. Mm-hmm. Often? Often. Yes. We'll never. Often. And they never wear it as for any other reason. Well, we'll just say often. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Um, Not always, but often. All right. And uh, hello to the chat. Uh, Jordan wants Heston Kierstead. AJ and Jim are saying hi. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate hanging out. Thank you, Sarah, for producing. Hi. Hello. Um, and we got uh, not a lot to talk about today. We don't have a Michael Bush trade. We don't have a, a show. The to- guy, the former Bears running back? <laughs> From Louisville. Yeah. That guy. Who- you don't remember Michael Bush, number 29 <laughs> on the Bears? Take the S out. I mean, uh, the C out of that name, Bush. And uh, you'll get that Michael Bush. He was oh. he was not that good. I don't remember that Michael he Bush. He had like one good game. Yeah. Huh. Okay, no. I, I remember Garrett ba- Wolf. Backup running back, Michael Bush. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I usually do decent with backup running backs. Yeah. I, I kind of I kind of blanked on Michael Bush. Uh, thanks for the reminder. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, he majored in sports administration at Louisville. I wonder how that career has panned out. Who knows? Pretty well. He played sports. Do you think he's... Con- Good job. you think he's currently doing that? Um, ooh, he, com- he participated in the first Veterans Combine. Do they continue to do that? <laughs> They canceled the 2016 uh, veteran combine, citing a lack of player interest. Hmm. So there was the grand opening and grand closing. Uh, all right. Uh, there is the new assistant GM, uh, Jin Wong. The White Sox uh, had a press release today. It's official. We talked about it yesterday. Nothing too crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a new assistant GM. I think the thing that is important to note is look at what the um, look at what the, the 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 reaction was from whether it was Chris Getz, the team as a whole, or the fan base when all those other members of Chris Bre- Chris Getz's kind of brain trust there were introduced back in September. Your Brian Bannister, who we're going to talk about today, guys like Josh Barfield uh, and Gene Watson, who took over high pro- high level jobs there in the White Sox front office, this is a guy who's stepping into that group. And so I think if you're looking to see who are the decision makers who are going to be driving the direction of this uh, of this organization moving forward, Jin Wong is definitely going to be a part of that. One guy I didn't mention, the the uh, farm director, Paul Yanish. But, uh, you know, that that's a group. Now, you, you know, what I said at the time back in September when those three guys were introduced, and it applies to Yanish, it applies to Jin Wong, a lot of folks wanted different wanted change when there was this opening at the top of the baseball department and maybe thought that they didn't get it with Chris Getz, but he's brought in guys from, from the outside uh, to, to form kind of the, uh, the brass there at the, at the top of the organization. And so if you're looking for just outside ideas, whether you're happy with the resumes or not, whatever, but uh, if you're looking for different from what the White Sox had done for so long under Kenny and Rick, I think that is where you can look to see if you're getting it. A big, uh, Criticism of Chris Getz was that this is his first time doing this. He doesn't have prior experience. Uh, one of Rick Hahn's skills was he was formerly an agent and obviously has background in contract negotiation. Uh, did, did you find it interesting at all that Jin Wong in this press conference or uh, press release uh, at the end of the paragraph, it talks about his tenure in Kansas City's front office where he negotiated a number of contracts with Zach Granke, Joaquin Soria, Billy Butler, Alcides Escobar, Salvador. Perez, just to name a few. I mean, Kelvin Herrera, I can keep naming. Former White Sox great. Right. There's a few few former White Sox greats on that list. Eric Hosmer, Jordan Ventura, uh, RIP, Lorenzo Cain, Alex Gordon, Mike Moustakas, and Danny Duffy. No more White Sox. (laughs) Soria, and then obviously Alcides Escobar was a Charlotte Knight. Salvador Perez soon. No. Um, No? Okay. No, we already got one. We got Um, Martin Maldonado. Zach Greke, I don't think signed. He's available. Um, I, uh, hey, Brian Bannister's hey, buddy. Man. Hey man, I know what we're talking about today. I would take him. I just, I just like the personality. The the person is funny. Um, but yeah, he's bad at baseball and old. He'd be showing up at the MLB Veterans Combine. Look at the rest of the White Sox roster. I don't know if they're old, but bad at baseball for the most part in the sure. major leagues. Um, yeah, it's good. You lost the person that did some of the negotiation of contracts. That's one of the things I had uh, as far as Chris gets not being a person that had done this before, I was very concerned with his contract negotiation skills. If you've never done it, it's really hard to do. And the intricacies of the MLB contracts now, you see the deals that are being done. You need somebody who's been in a room and understands the language and the the makeup of a contract itself. And so, yeah, this is a good thing that Chris is, it seems like he's the head guy but he's leaning on all the rest of the people and it's a collaborative effort. And I know in Chicago that word gets, you know, kind of like, Ugh, because the bears use it all the time, but it's good that you're getting all the smart minds around you and that you're not the smartest person in the room and you're just deferring to people who might be smarter than you in one area. Like it seems like he's doing with Brian Bannister and this guy might be a, you know, smarter in as far as the contract negotiations and what the, the dot, the I's need to be dotted and the T's need to be crossed. 
It's good, not a bad thing. He's got 25 years experience in the MLB. I don't care if it's for the Royals. It's still a good thing. Yeah, I mean, and you've got kind of a diversity of that experience level, too. Not that any of these guys are, well, a guy like Paul Yanish has never worked at all in a, in a major league organization before. He's coming from the college ranks. But then at the same nice. time, you've got, you've got Wong, who's been tw- a quarter century for one team, and then a guy like Gene, Gene Watson, who's been Everywhere. just as long, if not longer, for a variety of teams and multiple, uh, you know, World Series winners and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Josh Barfield, his only experience in the front office is with Arizona, maybe a little bit, you know, younger and, and, and on that side. So you've got a bunch of different people that you can point to and say they're providing, you know, there's one guy who's providing a new way of thinking, uh, you know, in Bannister, maybe the future of pitching kind of thing and, and, and right on the forefront of that. And then you got another guy in, in Gene Watson who's been doing this for decades and, 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 and Wong who's been doing this for decades and then another guy who's just starting out in Yanish. So, I mean, I think having that diversity of approach and experience can't, can't hurt, right? You're missing somebody with experience, too. Tony La Russa. Yeah, stop it. Come on. He's an advisor. <laughs> if if I mean, Brian you're, Bannister you're is making, senior advisor to pitching, we have to bring up Tony La Russa. You're making, you're making a joke out of it, but that's a resource to have. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if it's a joke. I think you it's are making a, it's a, a joke. Painful, it. uh, it's a painful reality. What? How is it a joke? What's funny? What's the punchline? <laughs> I'm laughing. That's what the joke is. It's well, great. I don't understand the. I don't understand the. What's the joke? <sighs> Tony Larusa works for the White Sox. Still, all right. That's that's the joke. Yeah. Okay. I found um, it hilarious. <laughs> uh, it gi- it gives them experience. It does great. Um, hopefully, wow. it, so Sean. Hopefully it works. Sean likes Sean likes experience in baseball as much as he likes all star appearances on the resume. I guess. You, hey, usually guys with experience have all-stars appearances. Oh, um, should we get into the uh, the Jim question? He said, hey, earlier, uh, should we get into the 1927 Yankees versus the 2023 White Sox, or should we save it? I feel like we could sit on that for, okay. for a day when we really need a topic, uh, and we can dive into that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the only other news today was on the, the arbitration front or the lack thereof, Sox aren't going to, going to go to arbitration with anybody. What, what was the question, Jim? Who would win 27 Yankees or the White Sox now? Oh, we're going to... The White Sox now. We're going to sit 27 on. Yankees are all dead. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good point. Uh, I, I, Her, I not an wrong. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Cease agrees uh, on a one-year, $8 million con- year contract. Nicky Lopez, $4.3 million uh, for one year. Andrew Vaughn, $3.25 million. Michael Kopech, $3 million. Michael Soroka, $3 million. Tuki Toussaint, $1.3 million. And Garrett Crochet, 800000 all for one year. Following the signings, the White Sox have no remaining arbitration-eligible players for the 2024 season, which is, is cool. Good. Um, and now, hey, for those folks like yourself, Sean, who love knowing exactly what that payroll is going to be, cost certainty. You've got, you've got, you've got some some hard numbers yeah. now. Yay! I, I I can't wait to plug them in uh, to, to my spreadsheet. Like 130 million. Uh, I don't even know if it's According actually to that Josh one. <laughs> Josh Nelson. That's at least what I was reading. Why is he doing this? He's out in uh, New uh, New Zealand in uh, Australia. Maybe he's getting the news before us. But he's still writing on tweeting out there. Okay. It's like there's nothing I didn't to do tweet. Out. I didn't tweet a lick when I, I was in say, Australia. Like, <laughs> like there's some, there's nothing to do in Australia, New Zealand. Oh, it's fucking time. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll let people know about uh, the good people of ComEd, and then we will uh, jump into some Brian Bannister talk, some Ethan Katz talk, uh, some 
how the White Sox pitching has changed since Don Cooper. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, let's jump into the comment read, though. Uh, Vinny, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. It's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet, for the well-being of all of us who share it, like me and Don Cooper. True enough, Sean. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. What should business owners do, Vinny? What they should do is go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Boy, did I. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Are you guys ready to sing? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> me, 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 me. I'm really having a tough day here. The number. The number five. Five? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> five, eight, eight, two, three hundred. Empire. Today. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right products for your needs, quicker professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, speed. So, competitors advertise low quality products. Pro- products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Their philosophy is to not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes, but to exhaustively comb through thousands of product samples to find the perfect styles for whatever home. You know, maybe you got a cottage home. Maybe you got an A-frame. Maybe you got a a modern home, right? Their virtual floor designer is a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Again, uh, all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code CHGO over at empiretoday.com slash CHGO. Per Baloney Fonseca in the chat, uh, per Josh Nelson, uh, $130.8 million for the White Sox payroll. What, about $50 million off? Of what they had at the beginning of last year's payroll? Yes. Ooh. Oh, man. It's tough. That's real tough. 50 are are we surprised? Uh, it's a lot. Like, I mean, they haven't done found a right fielder yet, so I would assume that would go up a little bit incrementally because you're not going to camp with damn Gavin Sheets as your starting right fielder. But, man, $50 million fewer dollars than 180 which isn't that much anyways in the grand scheme of baseball right now it's like 15th in baseball back then i don't know what it would be now like if you go into the opening day and you're around the same level you'll probably be in the bottom 20s um right now he's got josh nelson uh gavin sheets in right field and brett phillips on the bench i mean maybe gavin sheets slides to the bench and you sign Whit merrifield for eight million you're, you're looking at, you I know, would, I would, 137 million? Hey, I would reluctantly say yes, because that would be at least a major league right fielder that's played right field at some type of good level. And it wouldn't be, you know, satisfying or anything like that. But, man, I didn't think it was going to be this. 
I thought at least we would, you know, we're going to be trying to get back to uh, being good quicker. But bottoming out without really getting a lot back is tough. It's real tough. So just disappointed. But this is the life of a White Sox fan. Your guy, Zach Remillard, passed waivers. Does that help? That's good. He's back in Charlotte. Does that soften the blow? A little bit. Yeah, there you go. But your guy, Declan Cronin, is like a Astro. He's an Astro, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, let's actually, it's a good transition. Uh, let's go to uh, this graphic that uh, Kyle Body of uh, Driveline, uh, Bodie Body, I don't know. Uh, shared. No, not that one. The other one. Oh, the first one. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, this is probably very tough to read. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for making it bigger. Uh, you know, go full screen on your your phone uh, on your uh, laptop. Maybe turn your phone sideways. Uh, the Astros are at the bottom of this list. Usually, you don't see that. Uh, but I don't really know if Dana Brown, Jim Crane. They're really going in the right direction, right? Uh, you can kind of see from 2017 to 2018 to 2019 to 2021, uh, the full season ranks of Stuff Plus for uh, minor league baseball. You see the Astros at the bottom of the list. Uh, they went from, you know, near 98.4 to 99.5 in 2019 uh, to 2021, 97.2. Uh, and what this is ordered by is the decrease from 2019 to 2021. Um, what I'm trying to show off here is where the Chicago White Sox are, right below the Mariners and right above the Brewers. Uh, in 2017, the Stuff Plus for minor league baseball was 92.2 for the White Sox. In 2018, it was 92.1. And then in 2019, it was 93.3. What was a very big thing that happened in 2020? The pandemic. The pandemic, Yes. Uh, Don Cooper got fired. Don Cooper got fired. Uh, so, came over. so then in 2021, I'm so, so sorry, sorry. Can you make that a little bit bigger? Uh, you could see the White Sox gain from 2019 to 2021, uh, went from 93.3 to 96.5, a 3.2, uh, gain in their minor league stuff. Uh, so I think this was just kind of important to show off because obviously Rick and Kenny were still finding the players, right? I mean, they were still in charge of filling out the depth from, you know, the, the 40 man or the 26 man, et cetera. But Ethan Katz obviously brought a different direction. We saw specifically in the 2021 team from the starters and the relievers that there was an emphasis on velocity, right? We saw the Sox be very, uh, everyone on their team had a, a 95 mile per hour fastball plus, right? Or a, so it felt like. Um, and the White Sox in 2021 had the highest war of any team. It was 27, uh, higher than the Dodgers, led all of Major League Baseball more, uh, 93 wins, won the AL Central. Everything was grand and great. Um, and you could until see... That, until they, all four of those starters went to went into that playoff series and, and were right. out of the game in three innings. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, uh, and then the Astros were, you know, still pretty good on their, their Major League staff. Uh, but... We saw the immediate change from 2020 to 2021, and it was tough to truly gauge it because it went from 60 to 162, uh, and, and you got to see the full season. But it did feel very different, the change from Don Cooper to Ethan Katz. And in 2021, you also saw the Giants win 107 games. Brian Bannister's San Francisco Giants win 107 games, uh, and that was based off of mainly their pitching logan webb was fantastic uh kevin gossman was fantastic i feel like i'm forgetting oh carlos rodon carlos rodon was 2022 oh um i think the guy that's on the team right now right logan webb uh the other one cobb was it mr cobb maybe um anyways 
Giants, very, very good starting pitching, 107 games. Uh, like the, the boost that I think the White Sox are hoping for bringing Brian Bannister over is, I think, equivalent to the same of going from Don Cooper to Ethan Katz. Like uh, this is, I know people are kind of fading on Ethan Katz love from 2021 to 2023, just because obviously the team was worse. Um, but I think his actual pitchers got worse. Now having a true direction, true senior advisor to pitching uh, like Brian Bannister, I think is going to give the Sox such a more refined and, and boost to their entire pitching health as an organization well and I think that's the I think that's probably the main difference here that you're seeing not just between not just um from what transpired between Katz taking over for for Coop but from Bannister's arrival is that his job is in the front office of this organization Ethan Katz for the great work that he's done is the major league pitching coach Brian Bannister is the senior advising to pitching for this entire White Sox organization. And so I think when he comes in, he's going to have, as part of his job description, not just go out and find Eric Fetty and, and go out and find Chris Flexen and turn their career or, and, and turn some careers around here with Michael Kopech and some others. It's going to be what you think that the the pitching strategy should be needs to filter all the way down to the bottom and so you know when you bring when you showed that graphic right there those were minor league numbers yes yes those were minor league numbers. and so um while while i remember when ethan katz was hired them talking about stuff you know that he's going to have an effect on the entire organization and and determine what's going to be uh you know in the minor leagues as well He's working with the pitchers on a daily basis that are on the major league roster that need to be making starts for the major league ba- baseball team. Brian Bannister is not going to solely be focused on the, what is it, 13 pitchers that are going to be on the major league active roster at a time like Ethan Katz is. And so I think it's going to be even more important when you look two, three years from now at that gra- at that exact statistic to see, oh, here's a true indicator of the work that was being done holistically on the organization. And so when you talk about positives that can be applied from what was taking place with the San Francisco Giants there and what's going to be taking place currently with the White Sox at the major league level, that's also going to apply to guys who are at AAA and AA and single A. It seems just like Don Cooper was obviously antiquated and it did seem like he was the lead voice of the White Sox when he came to pitching. And it did seem like Ethan Katz kind of took over that same took over that same role and it does seem like again Ethan Katz has such a maybe broader scope than a normal pitching coach would have from 2021 to 2023 like it did seem like Ethan Katz again it wasn't just the 13 pitchers on the roster it did seem like maybe his 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 duties expanded a little bit hopefully the addition of Brian Bannister maybe refines his role back to a major league level of helping the 13 guys on the roster and then that way Brian Bannister can again expand his philosophy to even improve the Sox because I mean that number what they're at it was I mean still I think below the average like 96.6 yeah whatever. I mean it wasn't it wasn't like it was a, a great shining number hopefully again you know three years from now like you said those numbers could be you know 98 well, you know, Ethan obviously knows a lot of those guys from particularly spring training and what they're working on in the offseason. I'm not saying that he didn't have a hand past, you know, the starting rotation or anything like that. When those guys came up, he, he you know, to fill in for an injury, let's say, he knew what was going on. But he needs to 
be sitting in the dugout right next to Pedro Grafol on a daily on a daily and nightly basis. Uh, Brian Bannister can just go to Birmingham. You know what I mean? And, and work with these guys hands-on if he needs to. Brian Bannister can um, dedicate the entirety of his day come June whatever if to, hey, let's let's focus today on, on getting this stuff to work in the minor leagues or at, the, at a specific level with a specific pitcher in the minor, in the minor leagues. Um, so I think his job just being where he is, uh, obviously he has a great effect on what's going on at the major league level. Chris Getz has talked numerous times already about the influence that he's had on the acquisition of some of the pitchers that they've brought in this winter, but he's going to have more on his plate than just, you know, fixing a mechanical flaw from one start to the next for, for let's say Michael Kopech or fixing something from one start to the next for, for Fetty or Flexen or, or Dylan Cease, if he's uh, still around. Um, I, I think uh, those things are some are things that he will be doing, but they're far from the only thing that he will be doing. And uh, like you said, Ethan Katz maybe gets to focus a little bit more on that hands-on work on a daily basis where Brian Bannister can work on incorporating it throughout the organization. And I bet the relationship they had previous to being White Sox being uh, Ethan and uh, Bannister probably helps out because of he knows what Brian's talking about. Like sometimes if this was Don Cooper, he would probably would not have taken it as well as Ethan has and probably wouldn't be as amenable to what's going on. And since that Ethan has worked with Brian Bannister in the past, he can further his b- battle standard because Brian Bannister is the overarching boss of Ethan Katz. And so he doesn't have to worry about, hey, will this be taught at the major leagues? It will be because I know Ethan knows who I, what I want. And I, as you said, can go to Birmingham and do what I need to do to get the job done there because I know the major league stuff will take care of itself because Ethan knows what I want. So that's a good thing to have. You see, they don't have this same similar thing for hitters because it's a tough thing to hit. And there's no one approach that would go along with Hey, we're the overarching hitters. This is what we're doing. There's no like a uh, person that's over the hitting coach here. It's always about the pitching. You're trying to find uh, an advantage, try to find the marketing efficiency, and that's what the White Sox are trying to exploit with the Brian Bannister hire. And it seems like he is just picking some of the lowest of the low and said, "Hey, I can do it." Like I said at the beginning, if he halfway does this with Eric Fetty or Chris Flexen or even Michael Kopech. Genius. Absolute genius. I'm skeptical that it's going to happen. I know you're you're in. You're all, you're all bought in, Sean, right? I mean, I, that Brian Banster will do a, a good job for this White Sox and this often and this uh, pitching staff will turn around. He's got a pretty good resume. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, like he's gone to two I mean, other places in Boston and San Francisco and they've had success with major league pitching. And Herb too. Remember, this is a long term yeah. pitching too. This is a long, this is a long term proposition, though. Yes. You know what I mean? This is not just boy. If uh, the White Sox starting rotation mm. in twenty twenty four, which you can look at right now and perhaps <laughs> not be very excited about, Rough. if it doesn't outperform your very low expectations, oh man, this is a failure. Like this is they oh, yeah. they bring they bring these people aboard to have an impact for the next five, ten years if they if everything goes right, right? So um, I think you, you might want to focus your, uh, for lack of a better term, judgment of that move and, and, and the way they're structuring things on maybe some of those guys who are down at AA and AAA right now rather than, oh, boy, can he turn Chris – flexing around his his entire uh you know future with the white Sox rests on his ability to resurrect chris flexen's career i think more so 
it is about can they turn Nick Nestrini into a guy that is reliable for for several years in that rotation? Can they turn uh, Kai Bush and 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 Jonathan Cannon into guys who can make a contribution at the major league level? If they can do that, then you're talking about an organizational organizational wide philosophy that all of a sudden is working and producing the results that they want it to work. Michael Kopech, yeah, that's a little bit more of a high profile project, but some of these guys that maybe they're just hoping are, can be signed and flip guys. I'd put less focus there and more focus on the minor leagues and what they can do to build up the long-term health of the pitching, maybe even a guy like Garrett Crochet. Right. Like, I think it's promising that you can look at the Giants and see that they've had one-year successes. And I don't even know if Gosman was technically one year, but just, you know, uh, short rentals. Gosman was there for a very short time. They used him to the best of their ability and flipped around his career. Same with Rodon. They spent $22 million on him, and he was – Cy Young candidate for them, uh, even throwing Chamaniah, who's now a Met. Like he had a career resurrection, and now he's going to get a starting rotation job in New York. Um, they've done a really good job of flipping some of those guys, and you know some of those guys that might have been fringe rotation guys, and then getting them back to uh, maybe you know three or four guys, uh, th- three to four spots in a rotation. Um, but the biggest success is Logan Webb. Like, Logan Webb wasn't supposed to be this type of guy, and now he is their ace. Um, like, if they can do this with Michael Kopech, I'm going to take a break. We'll talk about Michael Kopech. Uh, like, Brian Bannister will have done his job. Like, that's that's his biggest project is Kopech. And he'll be gone soon. Kopech? If, no. Brian Bannister, if he turns Michael Kopech into Logan Webb, he will not be at the White Sox anymore for long. I, I would say he's he's here for at least three years. Okay, I'm in. Okay, I mean, I'm yeah. just saying, like, if he turns him into Logan Webb, or you don't think he, some other team's gonna be like, yes, give me that, and I'll pay you much more. And you're our general manager. I guess. I mean, again, I, I, I we brought this up. It, it, it seems like he, he's kind of. I think he's a little more Chicago focused. I think, especially being senior advisor to pitching, I think that's a, a high enough staff, and a lot of money. it does seem like he's got a lot of influence on the uh, the the pitching. So it's like you know. I'm almost. I almost think. I almost oh. think of it as a. Uh, remember the Titans situation. Remember how they had the. Uh, the responsibilities divvied up on that coaching staff. Yeah, Denzel had the defense, and uh, the guy from Armageddon had the offense, and uh, or, or maybe it was the other way Yost. around. Maybe it was the other way around. Yost had the defense. He had the defense. All right. Well, there you go. So maybe you know, maybe it's that kind of thing. Chris Getz hires him and says, "Hey, but you're in charge of pitching. No, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Right. I mean, well, think about how much uh, Kenny Williams was making after 25 years, and Rick Hahn of you know 15 plus years. I mean, Chris Getz has zero experience. He can't walk in and be like, "Oh, I want the, how much that guy was making." You know, I mean, they could probably be competitive with Brian Band. They're not paying anybody to play on the field. No, they're not. So, I mean, they could play Brian Bannister to be their pitching czar. Uh, let's take a break. I'll let you know You're about stealing our my terminology over there. Aren't it's you? a good. It's a good <laughs> term. I want people to use uh, revamp more. So maybe if I use your term, you'll you use revamp in one of your stories. Nope. Um, Want to let you know about Circus Sportsbook. Uh, they have tight money line splits and a low hold model where games will strive to be a minus 110 split on Circus Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 uh, split. Right now, Circus Sports has uh, one of the more competitive puck lines for the Blackhawks and Jets tonight. Uh, the Hawks, without Connor Bedard, Nick Felino, got a real uh, hope 
or a prayer, uh, but hey, maybe you'll want to take them for fun at plus 312 uh, at, uh, at Circus Sportsbook or uh, maybe to cover one and a half at plus 124 over at Circus Sportsbook. Uh, go download the app and check out all the fun that you can have. Uh, and the best part, Circa does not limit players. Based on their win- winnings, every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do not limit winning players. And they encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available. So you can compare lines from each sports book and you can see that the world's largest sports book, Circus Sportsbook, uh, is always uh, offering you the best lines. So download Circus Sports Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois-app. That's circusportscom slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Look who's back there. It's Southpaw, and he's holding that classic orange White Sox flag. You know and you love our wonderful uh, bobbleheads that we have on the uh, set here. Okay. There he is. You, Herb's, Herb's got it. It's this guy right there. Uh, you've seen you've seen Southpaw. You've seen Tim Anderson waiting for the red line. Now go on over to FOCO and check out what they've got yourself. They've got hoodies. They've got shoes. They've got signs, bobbleheads, which they donated to us, and everything in between. It's always baseball season, so you can stock up on Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos. Get yourself a bag set for March 28th when it's going to be snowing, probably, at Guaranteed Rate Field. Ugh. The bags can fly with the flakes, but it's everything you need for a game you've seen the set decorations now go show them some love please check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo10 for 10 percent off it's funny that other sean uh i guess he's using the other side of my brain uh, <coughs> asking what can he turn tukey into because i did do a lot of tukey research um, a lot of tukey research and some spees research too some what alex spees research Oh, I was talking about speeds. I know you're talking about Tukey. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, we brought up Alex. That was that was like three weeks ago. I brought yeah. up Alex Spees. Just go. Talk about. Just go. Um, <laughs> Tukey is in the 80th percentile of uh, breaking run value. Uh, he's he's always had a good curveball. So him making 1.3. I don't know if they're going to use him out of the pen, and maybe they just try to shorten him up, and he's going to be a a one inning guy that is. Uh, going to throw 68% curveballs and just be a very weird matchup for 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 for, for people. Um, he obviously has a, an opener slash starter base. Um, and there's not like, he's not all of his numbers are stomach churning. Um, average exit velocity, 47th percentile. So again, mid uh, whiff percent, uh, 44th percentile. Again, mid uh, K rate, 39th percentile, which isn't great. Uh, again, mid barrel rate, 53%. Uh, which is mid hard hit percent rate, 46% rate. Uh, he is 82nd percent uh, tile in ground ball rate. So, again, if the Sox are looking for defense and, hey, let's seems, play clean seems, defense behind them. Seems to be a theme, doesn't it? Yeah, that's that's good. Um, and he also is an odd, again, matchup as he does get a lot of extension, uh, about seven feet of extension, 93 percentile for Tukey. But there isn't really a fastball element to his game, uh, and I don't know – if Brian Bannister is going to lean more into the sinker for Tuki Tucson, if he's going to lead into more of a four-seam fastball, um, again, if he's going to be shortened up to you're going to throw hopefully 12 pitches in an outing and only be used for an inning and you're going to throw your curveball 70% of the time and just be a freak, um, I don't I don't know if Tuki's interesting enough, but he's cheap. Well, 
I'll say this too. I, I think as we look ahead towards spring, as we get closer to spring and we try to figure out what this rotation is going to look like at the end of the day, we can sit here and pick the five guys that we think are going to do it, but there's going to be a competition. And I mean, I, I think, you know, let's say Dylan Cease is still here. Maybe that competition is only for one spot, but like, I don't think Mike, Michael Soroka is like slam dunk got himself a locked in rotation spot for opening day. What if he shows up to spring training and he's not as impressive as Tuki Toussaint? You know, what if both those guys show up to spring training and none of them are as impressive as Jared Schuster? You know, I mean, this could this could go a number of different ways. Then you throw in the idea, the potential that Dylan Cease might not be on the team come spring training or come the end of spring training. Right. And there are there are going to be jobs to be won. And it just because we think that oh, Michael Soroka's got some experience. He's got that that year as an all-star that, that might make him, uh, you know, give him a leg up in any sort of competition doesn't mean he's going to win it. And so I think that we can right now project Fetty. We can project Flexen. And I think, you know, you're, you're probably right on saying that Kopech is as close to, uh, you know, a, a write him in pen as you can be. Uh, but there are going to be one or two spots that are – really going to be up for grabs i think and it could be a number of guys that uh, landed so don't necessarily count tuki toussaint out don't count anybody out because i think that uh, somebody could show up have a really great spring and pitch their way into a starting job and i know we were talking yesterday about garrett crochet and how he really hasn't pitched a lot in his major league career and minor league career either but if you were just brought up the name michael soroka like he's had one complete year and that was the year where he was second in rookie of the year and pitched the whole year other than that that was five seasons ago four seasons ago in 2019 it's been a long time so to depend on him to be one of your starters for me is kind of foolhardy because he hasn't done it in years and so that might be a thing where that's an opening or you can do the san francisco thing like sean has been alluding to where you don't have five these guys are our starting rotation this is who we're going into the starting rotation with you have eight you have more people who are available to start available to be openers available to to just uh, get spot starts in there because it'll be very hard to go to michael soroka and say yeah man i saw that you did that one year 170 innings great man do it again but do one fifty, like one twenty, they, and they're not. But they're not doing that. I know. I, I, I have no. I have no impression that they made that trade so they could lock Michael Soroka into a rotation spot. But I'm just I saying think like, they're hopeful it works out that way. Yeah. But but that's like the 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 ninetieth percentile. You get innings out of that guy. I don't even care about the actual performance of him because he hasn't pitched that close to a, a workload in four years. But he doesn't really have anywhere to go. I think the only reason he hasn't pitched that workload is just. Just because of health um, and you even look what he did in 2023 in AAA he had 17 starts 87 innings 341 ERA a 1069 whip like I don't know that's he doesn't really have a challenge down there nine and a half uh, K per nine and uh, three walk per nine like he was effectively getting AAA batters out like I I don't think that it's a talent thing with Michael Soroka it is just strictly a health thing I don't think he's been able to prove it over the past four years because he hasn't been healthy enough to do it. But again, not because... Yeah, but again, like, if he's healthy enough to go try to prove it in 2024, he's easily the most talented... One of the most talented five starters you have. Could be. 
Who else do you want overall? I'm no, I don't say I don't want anybody else, but I'm not putting him as the top one of the top five talent starters. I haven't seen his talent since 2019 at the major league level, really. And that's I know, a, but that's no, I'm just saying, like ago. again, like he, 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 but at the AAA level, the 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 one level below him, he was extremely effective. So again, it's like. He can get he can get that level out. It, I think he's he's either a quad A guy or a major league guy, and I think the only reason why again over the past four years he hasn't proven that is just because of health. Um, he's got he's got three pitches. He's got a slider. He's got a four seam fastball. He's got a changeup that has been extremely effective before. He's got a starter's repertoire. He just doesn't have a starter's health. And hey, for everything you just said, I that's why I'd call him a leading candidate. To, to win that job or one of those two jobs, uh, depending on, on what happens with Cease. But um, I think unlike a guy like Fetty or Flexen, just because they have major league, con- major league free agent contracts, um, I think that it could p- still play out in which he doesn't win a competition. I think he probably should, <laughs> but he, he hasn't won it yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what we, we – Cease, Kopech, Fetty, Soroka, Flexen, though, would be – as the of season today. started tomorrow that I'd say would be the most likely outcome, but we're going to have to see what I – mean, there's a reason they go there for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, to, right. It's to, it's to figure that stuff out. And so, If Cease gets kicked out, though, is it just Tukey, or is it, you know, we see what Nick Nostrini does? Or what they bring back. I guess. No, it's true. Um, hey, I mean, if, if the Orioles, uh, you know, give us Grayson Rodriguez <laughs> – you can be my starting rotation. Uh, all right. Hilarious. Good jokes. Final thing I wanted to bring up was uh, this from, it's more Stuff Plus, which is, I know people probably love. Uh, this guy, TJ, St- uh, TJ Stats, at TJ Stats, uh, put out. That's his last name? Uh, yeah, it's TJ Stats. Oh, man. Um, no, it's, it's Thomas Nites- Nes- Nestico. Okay. Nestico? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to read. Nestico. What is it? I'm saying it's Nestle Co. Like Nestle, the company. Oh. It's not. Um, but it, it, TJ Stuff Plus, which is just his, his own version of Stuff Plus, which, again, is the same thing. Uh, if, it's, if it's 108, that's 8% better than Major League Average. Um, you can see this is the uh, pitchers 11 through 20 in 2023 uh, in TJ Stuff Plus. Uh, so Shane McClanahan was 11th at 106 uh, and tied with him Dylan Cease, Graham Ashcraft. Uh, Cease obviously sticks out with his fastball and slider combination at 108 for both his forcing fastball and uh, his slider. Um, but you look on this list above AL Central Cy Young, Michael Kopech at 105 stuff plus his fastball 106, uh, his slider surprisingly at a 103. Um, obviously the biggest thing for Brian Bannister, and you could look at that slider. Uh, list for McClanahan all the way down to Hauk. Uh, Kopech has the worst slider. Uh, 106, 108, 116, 117, 112, 112, 109, 113. Michael Kopech at 103. Um, so good. It's, just it's not, above average. It's not as good as all those guys. Right. It's above average, and obviously it's not effective enough. Um, he doesn't have another pitch that is above average. His changeup is at 100, but still it's not a pitch that he throws en- enough to be effective. Uh, his his curveball is 5% below average. Um, like the biggest stride that Bannister needs to make and Katz needs to make with Kopech is, is that slider. And if he can get it to a point where he's at Dylan Cease level or even, you know, Garrett Cole, uh, if he can get that six percent that five percent increase on his slider um and maybe gain more confidence because he's got the defense behind him um 
I think there's got to be huge things for Michael Kopech. I mean, if he can throw 150 to 160 innings and just not lead Major League Baseball in walks, he's probably got an ERA under four. Sure, you're, that's a big that's a big jump that it would be required, right? You know, to go from to like, go from that like, to, yeah. to to not that. But like, I, think, I mean, I think remember what Garrett Cole was? I mean, Garrett Cole was like being led in the wrong direction by the Pittsburgh Pirates. He ends up in the Houston Astros lap, and then he goes like twenty seven straight starts with a zero point six two ERA. Like, it really does feel like Kopech's got all the talent. He's got all the build. He's got all the stuff. He just hasn't had the right direction and maybe the right stroke of luck just yet we'll see I, I think that um you know getting some normalcy getting some experience with the routine of a major league baseball calendar is is going to be a big deal for him at least that's what the the white Sox keep talking about um i think you know it, it's hard to it's hard to not mention some of the stuff that he's talked about going through some of the stuff that the his manager and his coaches have talked about him going through in terms of controlling the emotions and the mental part of the game on the mound um, maybe it's just because he and they have been so open to talking about it that we focus more on it than we do with other pitchers who are surely going through some of the same stuff um, but it did seem that last year he was having trouble not necessarily with anything physically but that the getting over the mental hump of oh things are starting to go bad how do I get back on track mm -hmm. was really the main thing listen uh, resetting the numbers back to zero can sometimes be helpful in that and you might see a different guy out on the mound this year um, you know it, it's not like his offseason has been completely free of uh, anything. He had surgery on his knee at the end of last season. So, you know, he's kind of, again, dealing with an an abnormality, we'll call it that way, in terms of how he's getting ready for the season, but maybe not as badly uh, as it has been in seasons past for him. So I think the, the, the main thing that you can wish for for him if you're a White Sox fan, if you're the White Sox, just normalcy and, and to, to be able to have that and to be able to just go out and do the job as opposed to do the job while dealing with this, do the job while being on this schedule because of X, Y, and Z. I mean, remember at the end of the season, he was telling us that that cyst stuff had been bothering him all year. I mean, so basically, even in a year where, uh, you know, he was planning on going out and having all the, racking up all these innings and, 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 and pitching deep into these games, he's doing he's trying to do that while also trying to manage something that's going on physically, uh, you know, not from a pitching standpoint, but still a physical thing with the knee. So normalcy is what what the hope would be for Michael Kopech. And if he can put all of that stuff kind of behind him, the 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 other stuff then he can just kind of focus on fixing the pitching part of it, which, Sean, as you illustrated, maybe isn't going to be as difficult as it might be um, in some other circumstances. And, Sean, you're showing the numbers of Stuff Plus or TJ Stuff Plus. So that tells me the, the stuff is good, and he's relatively, like, he did have the cyst thing, but relatively didn't have any arm problems necessarily last year. So I always default back to, it's not necessarily a mental thing, but it's something that's blocking his performance from his head to his arm because you could see the stuff is electric. You could see the player is built like a champion, and those balls just get onto players uh, like a couple of years ago against the Yankees, and they don't know what's going on. They're befuddled at the plate. There's a, a disconnect between that and the performance sometimes that goes on the plate, on the, on the field. 
I think some of those walks are because he's scared of having them hit the ball. Maybe that first game versus the San Francisco Giants at the home opener kind of just threw his whole season off because he was feeling good. It was the beginning of his season, and they were like, on, gone, gone, gone. And then we just saw the the – the constant walks that happen with him, the the not good attacking pitch or batters that he, you're supposed to be doing in the major leagues. Now the White Sox say they've tried to fix some of that things, those things with having better defense behind their pitchers, but this is a kind of a put up or shut up year for Michael Kopech, and I hopefully as he uh, Ethan Katz told Joe Carfine. He feels the best uh, that he's felt in a couple years, Michael Kopech is. So there's no more excuses for Michael Kopech. This year has no more pressure on it because the White Sox are not going to be contending for the AL Central, or at least not thought to be. So there's no pressure on him to pull his weight as far as that's going. Just go out and pitch. And if you go out and pitch and do your job, you will have the sub-4 ERA you're looking for. And in not necessarily – all he needs to look to is – Blake Snell, he led the league in walks too, but also he's the NL Cy Young Award winner. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to walk players, but it's a bad thing to then let up home runs, get hard hit, and then only go four and a third. So this is a year that is a make or break year, but also a year where there's nothing really putting on for Michael Kopech. No one's really expecting Michael Kopech to do a certain thing. So the pressure is off on that on that front for Michael Kopech. So it's time to just go out and chuck. Um, Kevin Gosman is one of Brian Bannister's success stories. Um, and at least interestingly, uh, I don't know. Uh, they have a very similar released point of their slider, uh, both around five and a half, 5.6 uh, inches vertically. And then, uh, same about two and uh, two point uh, five inches horizontally um, in similar speeds as well. So I mean may, may, maybe there is some some Kevin Gosman and Michael Kopech if they can teach uh, Michael Kopech the Kevin Gosman splitter that'd be great. Um, you know hey uh, you never know what he can he could show out in spring training. Um, any any other pitchers that we think might take a, a jump with Brian Bannister here? Or? I mean, if you look at Eric Fetty and, well, you even look at Chris Flexen from his time with the KBO and when he came back to the major leagues, major jump. And then since then, he has settled in and has been been pretty much the pitcher he was before he went to the KBO. So I'm expecting similar things like Merrill Kelly with Eric Fetty. When you go to the KBO and it seems like he has fixed some things and learned new pitches, sweeper slider is a little bit better and crisper. I think he'll have a major jump from the five ERA guy he was, maybe not to a two ERA, but a three, mid threes, mid fours guy, which is a jump from his major league career. As I mentioned earlier, I'm looking at what can, what kind of guys can benefit this team over the long haul. You know, the, when when you get into the next year, when this team is trying to contend for an AL Central title, and so. I have no idea if, how much or if he's going to pitch at the major league level this year, but the guy I'm definitely going to have my eye on come spring training is Nick Nostrini just because he seems like the closest of that group that they have down there in both double and triple A. Uh, I mean, heck, this guy was being mentioned as somebody who might be allowed to come in and compete for a job, uh, for a major league job in the spring. I don't know if we're going to see that because they have gone out and gotten you know, a volume of guys that could the go ahead and, and take innings up there, not force Nick Nostrini to have to go to the majors if he's not ready for it yet. But whether he's here 
at some point uh, uh, in 2024 or beyond, he would seem to be a guy that would be fitting into long-term planning for this team. And uh, the more success they can have with some of those guys at AA and AAA, the easier it's going to, or I should say, the quicker it's going to come that next year where they're going to be trying to contend for stuff. So if you can get some of those guys ready to go and, and really kind of get some big-time momentum toward 2025, next offseason maybe looks a lot different than this offseason has looked so far. Yeah, and it'd be exciting to see Nick Nostrini make some starts, too. I mean, you know, let's see what four innings of Nick Nostrini looks like in spring training, and maybe we get to see all four pitches, um, if he does actually have control of all four pitches, or if he's maybe uh, one of those uh, three-pitch three, three pitch, uh, starters. God forbid he's another two-pitch starter like Cease and Kopech. Uh, we don't need any more of those. Um, like Kyle Bradish should be a three-pitch starter, according to TJ's plus, stuff plus. His change-up and slider were, or change-up and sinker were trash. I ignore Kyle Bradish. I don't think that's a real person. No. I think the Orioles lie. <laughs> Did you see the thing about the ESPN? No. Uh, so ESPN, uh, they like were writing in fake people for Emmys. Um, so like Kirk Herbstreet, like in, in the same category as Kirk Herbstreet, they'd write like Pete Stonewater or something. Mm-hmm. Pete Stonewater doesn't exist, but you know ESPN takes the Pete Stonewater award, takes the Pete Stonewater gra- engraving off of it and puts in Kirk Herbstreet. I don't know how it works. Katie Strange wrote about it in the Athletic, but um, that's what they're doing with Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish isn't a real person. Kyle Bradish is a fake name. Um, All right. Uh, I guess final thing I wanted to bring up, the number that I have at least now for the salary after inputting what I think the 26-man roster would look like uh, is 124.5. So not even 130 yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Santos, Spees, Banks, Drohan, Davey Garcia, Jimmy Lambert, Tuki Toussaint, Tim Hill, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, Fetty, Soroka, Flexen, Maldonado Vaughn, Nicky Lopez, Paul DeYoung, Yon Moncada, Benintendi, Robert Sheets, Jimenez, Stassi, Colas, Remiller, Gonzalez. Does any of the paid off players, does that, that doesn't count towards it? Like the one million you're paying? Yeah, no, they, there's eight million in okay. buyout and dead money. Okay. So that's, that's the payroll, buyout, dead money. So it's it's if you take out the Tim Anderson, Liam Hendricks, Leary Garcia, Mike Clevenger money, it's under one twenty. And Dylan Cease could still be traded, and he's making Ooh. eight. Yes. Yeah. So no, that's a that's a good point too. And Yuan could be traded with him. Nope. <laughs> I doubt it. We haven't uh, heard those rumors yet, Herb. Final thing we want to bring up. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about Vinny's trip to the United Center. He's got to see the uh, Bulls Ring of Honor. Uh, so that'll be fun. We'll do a little White Sox spin on that. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but MLB executives picked the best uh, farm systems for 2024. This is from uh, Jonathan Mayo on MLB.com. Uh, 13% of MLB executives picked uh, another uh, staff that wasn't mentioned the Brewers, Cubs, Nationals, Rangers, and Red Sox, Yankees all got love. Uh, the Pirates got 4% of the vote, the Dodgers got 4% of the vote. Uh, and if you get 13 plus 4 plus 4, that is 21. 21, meaning 79% went to the Baltimore Orioles, of course. So if you're wondering why, maybe Chris Getz is trying to stress out the Orioles by saying the Yankees are involved, hey, maybe the Red Sox are involved. Uh, hey, the Blue Jays might be involved. Uh, the Rays could possibly get involved. It's probably because he's putting pressure on the Orioles. Um, it seems like across baseball, the Orioles have the best farm system. So maybe that's why the, the White Sox are waiting for the right price, a.k.a. the Orioles' prospects. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. It is very smart to do that. 
thought it was interesting. Uh, also, the White Sox did get some love uh, in the question about uh, which team does the best job of acquiring prospects via trades. 77% the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, but a part of the 7%, the White Sox. Uh, I don't know if that changes with Chris Getz being in charge. Oh, well, I guess we'll see what they get for Dylan Cease. Um, that's true. Uh, <laughs> and most underrated farm system, uh, Red Sox, Tigers, and Mariners all tied at 11. Uh, but getting other votes, the White Sox were a part of it. So uh, don't sleep. Wilson Montgomery, Edgar Caro, Nick Nostrini, Jake Eater. Uh, uh, who's the other law, uh, tall freak? Kai Bush. Kai Bush, but who's the freaky weird? Oh, the young night- player? Noah Schultz. Yes. Oh, yeah, Noah Schultz. He's down at single A, though. Yeah. He's got a way to go. Right. Yeah. Lanky weirdo. <laughs> Respectfully. Uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would kill to be a lanky weirdo. Could you imagine? I mean, I'm, I'm half of, uh, you know, the, the makeup of Noah Schultz. I'm a lefty. I just am 5'7 and round. He's 6'9 uh, and long, you know? That's that's the athletic makeup. Born and raised in the same area, too. Yeah, so we go. Let's go. What happened? Uh, all right, that's going to do it. What happened, Sean? Huh? What happened? Why aren't you not Noah Schultz? He wasn't drinking that Oswego water. Yeah, yes. I don't I don't know what uh, nationality Schultz is. Sounds German. German? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Anderson is more Swedish. I guess I was a little bit too too north. Uh, I'm also Irish, and we're just not athletic. You ever, I mean, what, it, there's rugby, but that's just pure grit. Conor McGregor. One, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's Irish, and it's the Irish and the Australians and the New Zealands that play rugby. Outside of that, I mean, just no one has the care. South to, Africans to play. Okay, yeah, right. Just the weird, intense weirdos. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up button on our way out. Uh, Blackhawks play tonight at 7 o'clock. So you can catch the uh, Blackhawks postgame uh, after the Jets likely take down the Blackhawks. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.30. Goodbye. Silly like the mayor.